Well, let's turn in our Bibles now to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. We began last week a new sermon series in the Gospel of John. And uh, this morning we'll be looking at verses 4 through 9. But before I read those verses, I, I want to set this up this way. All right, we often talk about the fact that there are two kinds of people in the world, right? There are people who look at a glass and they see it as half empty. And there are people who look at a glass and they see it as half full. And the people who look at the glass and see it as half full, uh, they might describe themselves as optimists, right? And then those who look at the glass and see it as half empty, they describe themselves usually as realists. Not pessimists, but realists. Because if you looked at the glass this is the right way, you would also see that it's only half full. Right? That's how realists, pessimists look at the glass. Right? For the optimists, when they uh, read or watch Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore is the comic relief. Right? For the pessimist slash realist, Eeyore really gets it. Right? Eeyore understands what the world is really like. And as a bit of an Eeyore myself... Right? When I read a passage like John 1, 4 through 9, which talks about the darkness and the light, there's a tendency in my heart and my mind to emphasize the darkness. Right? That there's darkness in the world. It's a hard place to live sometimes. Right? That the Christian life can be a hard life to live. John mentions the darkness because the darkness is real and we have to deal with it. But unlike me, John's not an Eeyore. Right? He's not a pessimist. He focuses on the light. Because the light is not only just as real as the darkness, it's in some sense more real than the darkness. It is stronger than the darkness. It is greater than the darkness, and as John is going to say, the darkness has not overcome it. So, John is going to remind us this morning that in the midst of the darkness, there is light. Powerful, unquenchable light. Light that has come for us. Alright, so let's read, let's look together. Gospel of John, chapter 1, let me read verses 4 through 9. He begins by talking about the, the Word, right? And that's who he's talking about in verse 4 when he says, In Him, that is in the Word, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So John begins there in verse 4 with life and light. Now again, it's important for us to remember who he's talking about at this point. Because verses 1 through 3, as I said last week, those verses are meant to go with us 
through every verse and every story in the Gospel of John. And what John said in those first three verses is that the Word, who's uh, the Son, or the Son of God, the Word was there in the beginning with God, and He was God. So the Word is not a creature. He was not created. He's God. He's the second person of the Trinity. He's the eternal Son. And He was there in the beginning with God the Father. And it was through Him that everything was made. Not a single thing that was made was made without Him. Which means He wasn't made. Right? And that everything that has been made, everything in creation, has some connection to Jesus and an obligation to Jesus because we only exist. I only exist. You only exist. Trees, animals, plants, people, the earth, the stars, they only exist because of Jesus. And the Bible says they exist for Jesus. You and I exist for Jesus. And so then John says this, in him, in that word, that eternal word, in him was life. Now what does that mean? In him was life. Because there's a sense in which there's life in me and life in you because I'm alive and you're alive. But John can't be saying that there's life in the word in the same way that there's life in created things like you and me because he's not like us. He didn't come to life at some point. He didn't start to exist at some point. He simply is. He's always existed. He's always had life. He's not dependent upon anyone outside of himself for life. So what John means when he says in him was life is probably something like what Jesus means when he says in John 5.26, As the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. Life does not come from outside of Himself. His life is in Himself. He is dependent upon no one and nothing outside of God Himself. That's what it means to be God. Right, when Paul was trying to explain to the people in Athens, the, the philosophers and, and whatnot who were gathered at Mars Hill in Acts 17, he was trying to explain to them what the one true God is like. Remember he saw all those uh, idols and statues and, and they even had uh, an altar to the unknown God. And Paul said, I, I, I know that unknown God. He's the one true and living God. And let me tell you what he's like. One of the things Paul said about the one true God, our God, the God of the Bible, is this. Nor is He served by human hands. He's not served by us. We don't need to serve Him. He doesn't need anything from us. Nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So He's not a recipient of life like you and I. He's the source of life. In Him was life, John says, and the life was the light of men. So His life pours out, as it were, in light for us. We, without Him, in other words, we would be in darkness. 
Without His life, without His existence, without His reality, we would not exist. We would have no light. Our light and life come from Him. Here's how Paul said that also in that sermon in Athens at Mars Hill. He said about God, and here he was quoting a Greek poet who got it right. Even though they got lots of things wrong. There was something Paul said they got right, which is this. In Him, that is in God, in Him we live and move and have our being. Our very existence, our very life, we have only in God because of God. The light we have comes from His life for us. And at this point, we're not even talking about saving light or saving life. We're just talking about existence. Right, because this is life for all men. Right? This is his life benefiting all of his creation, all the things that he has made. God, in some way, blesses, shows mercy to all of his creation. Remember, Jesus said that God sends rain on the just and on the unjust alike. He doesn't send rain only on Israel, doesn't send rain only on Christians. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Paul said it this way in Acts 14. He said, In past generations, God allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet He did not leave Himself without witness, for He did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. So His life is the light of men. All the good things that come to us, come to us ultimately from God. They are His life being poured out in light and goodness upon us. And that light, John says, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the Bible's honest about the darkness, that the darkness is real. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 2, we wrestle... Not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There are dark powers, dark forces at work in the world. That's real. Paul also says the God of this world, that's lowercase g God, he's talking about Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Satan is at work to blind people. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. He comes to bring darkness. He wants everybody in darkness. But Christ is the light. And the light shines in the darkness, John says, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness threw at the light everything it could when the light came into the world, and the light won. The darkness has tried to keep people in darkness, and the light has spread, and people have been turned from darkness to light. They have turned from sin to Christ. The darkness has not been able to overcome the light. Perhaps it was this very verse that St. Francis of Assisi had in mind when he's reported to have said, All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. 
And if all the darkness in the world can't extinguish the light of a single candle, how much less can all the darkness in the world even begin to try to extinguish the light of Christ Himself, who was in the beginning, who is God, eternal, unchanging, unceasing life and light. The darkness doesn't stand a chance against light like that. That's what John is telling us. So all people in all places at all times benefit from the life and light of Christ. All people were made through Him. All people receive light from Him in some form or another. But that's not enough to save them. The, the rain that God sends on the just and the unjust is not enough to make the unjust just. The, the, the goodness that God pours out on people who don't even know where it's coming from, it's not enough to change their hearts. It's not enough to reconcile them to God. That's why the story doesn't stop at verse 5. Notice what it says in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse 7, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So God is up to something. God is doing something and he wants us to know about it. And so he sent someone. He sent a messenger. He sent a man. Now John was a mighty man. He was a great prophet. Jesus himself said that John was a great prophet. No one greater born among women than John the Baptist. That's who he's talking about here. A little confusing because it's not the John who wrote John that he's talking about, right? So you got John the Apostle who wrote the gospel according to John. And then he's talking about John the Baptist here in these verses. So John the Baptist was a man. He's not God. He's not equal to the word. He's not as important as the Word. He's he's a man. But he was sent from God. He didn't come on his own authority, on his own initiative. He wasn't sent by another man or delegation of men. John was sent from God. And as a messenger from God, what John says, we need to hear and to heed. But we must not confuse the man sent from God with God who became a man. God became a man and was born of a virgin. That's Jesus. Verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's a totally different category, right, than a man sent from God whose name was John. Both Johns want us to know that. John the Baptist made no pretensions about being the light himself. About being God. About being anything more than a prophet. He came to bear witness to God become man. He came to bear witness to Jesus. He came to bear witness to the light. So he came, he was a man, he was sent from God, and he came as a witness. Now, what is a witness's job? 
A witness's job is not to talk about themselves, not to point to themselves. Right? When you put a witness on the stand, you're not asking them to tell you their life story. You're asking to tell them uh, to tell you what they saw, what has happened. Bear witness. Give testimony. What have you seen? What have you heard? What took place? John came as a witness to bear witness about the light. He came not to talk about himself, not to point to himself, but to point to the light. To bear witness about the light. To say, here it is. Look at him. Look at this. And that's what John will do later in chapter 1. When Jesus comes and is baptized, right? John's going to say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What what does that word behold mean? It means, look. I'm bearing witness to someone. Look over here. Look away from me to this person. He's the reason I'm here. He's who you need to pay attention to. He's the one God sent me to tell you about. That was John's role. And every witness's role to bear witness about the light verse 8 says he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light john himself is going to say this later when a group of religious leaders come to john and they say what is going on you're doing all this baptizing you got this big crowd who are you and he says very plainly i am not the christ I'm not the Son of God. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Savior. Right? I'm just the voice. I'm just the one come to make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah said, he'll say later. I'm just the one getting everybody ready. I'm not the one you're supposed to be drawn to. I'm the one who's come to point you to the one you need to believe in. This is... Important for us to remember for a couple of reasons. Important for us to pay attention to John's example here for a couple of reasons. One is that when we are bearing witness, we're telling people about Jesus, whether it's a friend at work or a family member, or whether we're preaching or teaching Sunday school or whatever it is, right? It is always a temptation. To be put our, putting ourselves in the light, right, instead of pointing to the light. Right? Wanting the light to be on us instead of shining the light on Jesus. It's very easy to go from bearing witness to trying to be the star, for lack of a better word, right? To put the focus back on us. John reminds us that's not the purpose of bearing witness. The purpose of bearing witness is to point to Jesus. But here's the other thing. The second thing that we need to remember. Sometimes, other people who are bearing witness, who we are listening to, they have forgotten this distinction. And it's easy for us, as we listen to them, to forget the distinction, too. here's, Here's what I mean. There are lots of people, well, I say lots. It's not uncommon, say it that way. 
it's not uncommon um, for people who um, are supposed to be pointing to Jesus and talking about Jesus all the time to end up talking a lot more about themselves and pointing to themselves all the time. And it's easy for us to get caught up in that. I've been caught up in that. Somebody who I thought was pointing mainly to Jesus turned out to be pointing a lot more to himself than I realized at the time. may have happened to you before. John warns us through the example of John the Baptist, you've got to watch out for that. Remember who's the light and who's the witness. And watch out for people who confuse the witness and the light. Let's keep the distinction clear. Why is John doing this? Middle of verse 7. That all might believe through him. That's the goal. That's the point. John comes as a witness so that people might believe. And believe that they might be saved. John's going to say later in in chapter 3 that Jesus came into the world, the light came into the world, not to condemn the world. John does not show up to preach inevitable judgment and destruction. John shows up to say, there is a lamb who can take away your sin. Believe in him. Because if you believe in him, there is no condemnation. If you believe in him, there is salvation. He came as a witness that all might believe through him. That's John's heartbeat. That ought to be our heartbeat. We want everyone to hear, like we read from Isaiah 49 earlier. God says, it's not enough for me to send my servant to save Israel. That's too small a thing. I'm going to send you to bring light to the nations, to the whole world, to the coastlands, to all the places. And our desire, our heartbeat, as those who worship that God, who belong to that Savior, ought to also be, we want all people in all places to believe. To be saved. We want them to hear the witness of John and the apostles and others who can say, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus is seated at God's right hand. Jesus is coming back one day to deliver His people and bring them into a new heavens and a new earth. And if you will just turn from darkness to light, if you will turn from your sin to Jesus you too can be saved. That's why we send out missionaries, right? That's why we pray, why we give, why we go, why we preach, why we share the gospel, why we invite people to church. We want people to hear that witness and believe and be saved. That's why Jesus came, which is what verse 9 is about. The true light, he says, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I want that statement to land on us with the appropriate awe and wonder. 
Right? He calls him the true light because he just got through saying John was not the light. John was a big deal, but he's nothing compared to the true light. The true light, John says, the one that gives light to everyone, which is what he was just talking about in verses 4 and 5. Right? In him was life, and that life was the light of men. There's a, a sense in which he gives light to everyone. But again, that wasn't enough. If that was enough, he could have stayed in heaven. But he didn't stay in heaven. Instead, it says the true light was coming into the world. The one who made the world. Who existed before the world. Before the heavens and the earth were created. The one who was the word and was God in the beginning. He came into the world. And it's a wonder it didn't break wide open when he did. For the creator to step into his creation. is the kind of thing you wouldn't believe was possible unless God told you it happened. The true light was coming into the world. Coming among his own. Taking on flesh as one of his own. So that he might take our place. Taking our sins upon himself as though they were his own. Though they weren't. Though he was sinless, he bore the sins of many that we might be forgiven, reconciled, granted new life. All this done by the one who has life in himself. That's what John is trying to get us to feel and recognize by starting his gospel this way. The one who was born of the virgin had no beginning. And yet he came into the world that he had made in order that he might bring the light of salvation to all who will trust in him. Let's pray.